verses 1 through 4, verses 1, verse 1 says this. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly. Then the Lord said unto Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So for some of you that don't understand what's going on, and we'll get into that a little bit, God had delivered his people from being in slavery and living in sin. And he got them out of the trap that they were in under the control of the wicked leader, Pharaoh. Exodus chapter 16, verse 11 through 15. The Lord said unto Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is this? For they did not know what it was. Moses said unto them, it is the bread the Lord has given to you to eat. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and to test you in the order to know that, to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandment. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manner which neither you nor your fathers had known to teach you that man does not live by live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Listen to verse four. This is how powerful God is. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. You want to hear the miracle? God, for 40 years, led his people out of slavery and led them through the wilderness where he wanted them. And their clothes never got worn out. Their shoes never got messed up. And their feet never swole or got messed up. Just think about that. For 40 years, they were able to wear the same clothes. All they had to do was just wash it. You try that. 40 years. Not five. Not one. We change things up real quickly. God says, 40 years. He led them, and they were just going through, and they were able to make it through. God is good. God can do some things that will blow your mind if you will trust him. You want to know who God is. You want to follow God, because what God wants to do in your life, oh, my God, if you will only understand, you will really realize it's a no-brainer. I need to follow Jesus. I need to understand who he is. I need to know him, because what he can do, nobody else can do. Jesus, we love you. 
Will you have your way in this place today that no person will leave this place the same way they came in? We ask that the Holy Spirit will fall in this place. We ask, Almighty God, that there will be miracles, signs, and wonders. We ask that you will touch a heart today. Somebody, Lord Jesus, will be free from bondage and free from sin. Somebody, Lord God, will be healed. Somebody, oh God, will be restored. I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that the power of God will move in this place and that God, you will get our attention. I pray that somebody will surrender their life to you today and say, God, I will give my life to you and follow after you. We ask you, Lord, to have your way that your will may be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Today I want to speak to you on this topic. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Listen, this world that we are currently living in teaches us to be independent. We like to be independent. Our children can't wait to, to get to an age where they can be independent. We, we, we take pride in being independent. I can't wait to leave my parents' house so I can do my own thing. And everything we've got going, this democracy government that we have, uh, for the most part, I believe it's great. But it still comes down to we want to be independent. We love our independence. Somebody say amen. And so it is something that is ingrained in us. It's something that we like, we look forward to. And as soon as we can be independent, we want to be independent. However, God wants us to be dependent. I tell you, this world is so contrary to who God is and the things God wants for us. And so in this life, We are doing our very best to be independent. We're doing our very best to have our thing working out, doing our own thing, because that's what it's all about. If I am independent, then it means I am heading in the right direction. I am going to be successful because I know what to do. I'm handling my business. And God is saying, son, daughter, I want you to be dependent and dependent on me. I'll go down and tell you this. Most of us here in this room and so many people all across our world don't want to live for God because they don't want to be dependent on God. We call dependence on God bondage. Man, I can't be going to church because you you can't do this, you can't do that. You call that bondage. You call that, I'm my own person. I got to do my own thing. And so when it comes down to your relationship with God, what, what God is wanting you to do, he wants you to depend on him. But it's just natural for us to be independent of God and independent of everything else, just being dependent on ourselves. I can work my own money. I can get my own education. I can get my own home. I can get my own car. And everything we're thinking about is all about what we can do because we are independent being dependent on God don't mean you can't get your own car so people have stayed away from God because they don't want to be dependent on God people have stayed away from God because in their mind too many rules Well, when you're saying too many rules, what you're saying is, I'm my own person, and I'm independent, and I can't be doing that and doing that. Well, doing that and doing that is depending on God as opposed to depending on you. This was the struggle of the children of Israel. God delivered them from slavery and sin. And when God brings you out of something, deliver you from something, he's not bringing you out for you to be independent. Because it was your independence that got you. 
So you got into that situation because you had it all under control. You got into that situation because you knew everything. You got into that situation because you got it handled. You got into that situation because you know and you got experience. You got into that situation because you was in control. Uh Uh-huh. And so God snatched them out. Can I tell you this? Sometimes God leaves us in our situation longer than we really should be in our situation. I'm going to explain that to you. So you did what you want and you got messed up. And you're in a situation, you're in a jam. God will leave you there. We're dealing, we're talking about the, the children of Israel. They were there 40 years. And they were going through, no, 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 they were in Israel 400 years, 430 years to be exact. They were there for a long time in bondage and in sin, right? And so they were there for a very long time. And when it was time for them to come out, God just didn't bring them out. He did, some of you know the story, a lot of plagues. Plagues happened. You know why all of that happened? Because God, it's many reasons, but here's one of the reasons. Those things happen because we have to get to the place where we realize we need God. When God just snatch you out of stuff, you don't realize you need God. You just go back to your situation. You'll keep on doing what you've always done. But when God let you stay there, and sometimes you're talking about God, get me out. And if God responds to you, he would just say, no, you're not ready yet. You don't want to hear that, but sometimes God leaves it here and says, no, you're not ready yet. Because if I bring you out right now, you're going to go into something else. So I'm going to leave you in that situation. I'm going to let it crush you a little bit. I'm going to let it grind you up a little bit. I'm going to let it mess you up a little bit. I'm going to let it get to you a little bit. Because the only way you're going to depend on me when I bring you out is when you realize you need me. We don't think we need God. We think we can be independent from God. And that's why God sometimes are leaving us right where we are. And you're saying, how can God be real? Why is he letting me go through this? Because if he bring you out, you're just going to get into something else. You're just going to do something else. But the day you decide, I can't take it no more. God, I'm going to depend on you. God, I'm going to live for you. God, I'm going to walk with you. That's the day his strong hand will reach you where you are and he'll lead you out. You want to be independent? Go ahead. You're just going to get yourself all twisted up. Every time I think I got something going on, I'm just making a mess. It's just not manifested yet. Same thing with you. Every time you think you got something handled, if it's not according to the will of God, if you're not obeying God, sooner or later you'll realize you were just making a mess. We're not that smart as we think we are. And so, God brings the children of Israel out of slavery and sin. But as soon as a new challenge arises, You know what they say? I wish we would have just stayed in Egypt. Man. Every time something happens, as God is leading them through the wilderness, as God is doing something in their life, every time there's a little challenge, here they go. We should have just stayed in Israel and died in Egypt and died back there. We do the same thing. Let me help you out. We come to church and every time something ain't working right in church, I don't need to be in church. Every time you need God to do something in your life and he doesn't do it, oh man, that Christian thing, I don't know if I can handle that. You want to go back to your old lifestyle like that lifestyle is better than this lifestyle. Listen to me. I know you've heard this before, but I'm going to keep saying it because I want it to resonate with you. I lived the world with the best of them. And I enjoyed life. When I came to God, I was not hooked on drugs. When I came to God... I was not hooked on alcohol. Yeah, I drank a lot of alcohol, but I wasn't hooked on it. When I came to the church, I wasn't broke. When I came to the church, I wasn't going through a hard time. As a matter of fact, life was great. I had everything in my control. Things were working just right. I, I, I lived in a nice home. I drive a nice car. Had two jobs. Everything was great. I don't see why I needed Jesus. 
Thank you very much. So I'm only saying that to say to you, we need God. And this life in God, no matter what bumps and bruises you have in this life, it is so much more superior. It is so much more better than the life that we think that was all not so bad when we were living without God. We're living without God and we think, eh, it ain't that bad. But I'm here to tell you, there is no life that can compare with you living for Christ as opposed to the life that you lived before Christ. Understand this. All of what happens to you in Christ, take this to the bank and cash it. Everything that happens to you while you're in Christ is for the good of God to be done in your life. That's not the truth when you're not living for Christ. Just understand that. So when I'm not living for Christ, everything that happens to me is to destroy me. The devil is trying to send me to hell. He's trying to get me to die in my sins that I will never go to heaven. So whatever's happened to me, happening to me, if I'm not living for Christ, is to destroy me. And here is what you're getting just a little bit. The grace of God. God has put his hand between you and your death. He has done this and said, I'm giving you some time to wise up. I'm giving you some time to wise up. I'm giving you some time to wise up. You better stop playing around. I'm giving you some time to wise up. That joker want to kill you. He will destroy you. He will step on your head. And if I do this, you are finished because you can't mess with Satan. You can't do nothing with that devil. He is too big for you. He's too powerful for you. And he will take you out if he can. But I've been gracious to you. I've been good to you. Put my hand between you and him. And the devil will come if you decide to stay where you are. I'm going to remove my hand. That's the grace of God departing from you. God is upholding. God is protecting us. That's what you've experienced over the years and you keep thinking everything is all good. No, it's not all good. God has his hand between you and Satan and the day he removes his hand you will be gone in an instant, in a second. But he loves you so much. He died for you and he's trying to get your attention. But you got to respond to him. He can't make you. Give us this day. Oh my God, something is happening, something is happening, something is happening, somebody. Just take a moment and just give the Lord some praise. Something is happening. Give God some worship. Something is happening. God wants you to know that he loves you, but you can't, you can't think the life outside of him could ever compare to the life that he will give you. The little bumps in the road when you're living for Christ, they ain't no real bumps. It's there to strengthen you. It's there to lead you in your purpose in Christ. Is there to help you become the man of God, the woman of God you ought to be. So as you go through trials, as you go through situation in Christ, it is there to help you, not to break you. But everything you go through outside of Christ, it is there to destroy you. Mm. Help us, Lord. Oh, my God, help us. We always, when we get into the church, the devil tell you the biggest lie. Every time something happens, you start thinking how life was so great before you started coming to church. Oh, yeah, you start thinking about, man, it wasn't even that bad when I wasn't coming to church. I ain't had to do all of that. I had my own freedom. I, I ain't had to go to no church every Sunday and looking for me Thursday night, Bible study, prayer on Saturday. I ain't had to do all of that. I just had my life and I lived my life. I ain't had to go to these places all the time. Every time I turn around, we're supposed to read our Bible. I need some time to myself. God wants you to depend on him. So when you start walking with Christ, he tells you how much time you get to yourself. Now, you might not like that, but that's what he says. And that's how it is. Now, what are you going to do? You have a choice. We feel like, oh man, Christ, that, that's just too much. And that's what we see these days. If anything I can point out to, you heard me open up with a, the amount of time we used to spend in church. If I can point to any one thing 
that uh, has slipped since I've been in church, it's the level of our commitment to Jesus Christ. That's what has slipped. Because we allow the functionality, the operation of our world to affect the way we live for Christ. And that is so not what needs to happen. You cannot allow what the world is doing to affect how you live for God. That's not the way it is. And so as the world changes and the world makes different changes to make things easier, we start to go with that flow. We flow with that. Oh, yeah, that's how it's supposed to go. No, no. What did I tell you before? Uh, ovens was always in, in, in play. Microwave came in play a little later on. God is about the oven. He's not about the microwave. You get that? He, he doesn't operate with the, with the microwave. He used the oven. He take his time. He, he, he let it bake. He don't have time to put it in 30 seconds or 45 seconds. No, no. It's baking. That's what he's always done. And because we, we invented microwaves, it don't mean God is going to change his way of doing things. And so the way how he works with us is take his time with us. He's shaping us and molding us and making us. He takes his time with us. And so he's not going to rush us. And so we got to take our time with the process. Trust the process. Some of the some of the basketball people got that. Maybe one or two people. Trust the process, brother Sam. In God, you trust the process. I know the Sixers want you to trust their process, but you better trust God's process. And the bottom line is, God takes His time. And I don't care how much the world is changing, trying to rush you. You, God will not allow you to rush Him. And so we walking with God, and as soon as something go wrong, we've got an issue. All of a sudden now, one wrong thing go. Let me mess with somebody. You've been coming to church three weeks straight. Every Sunday you hitting it, going good. And the fourth Sunday you came, you didn't like some things. Then you don't show up for a little bit. One wrong thing go wrong. Don't get quiet on me. I, I told you the, the secret to it. If it's something that's speaking to your heart, just act like, oh, that's great, yeah! Like it's not even about you. Because you got to let God's word mess with your heart. You can't just like make it, uh, make you upset that you dismiss it. Don't dismiss the word of God. Anytime God is speaking to us, it's good. I don't care if he hurts our feelings. I don't care if he step on our toes. If he's speaking to you, it's good. The scary thing is when God goes silent. God goes silent on you, that's not good. If he provokes you and trouble you and make you uncomfortable, that's good. But man, if he goes quiet on you and you're not hearing from him, whew, that's scary. Because if, if that's what's happening, it, you know, for me, I, say, I start saying, God, you, you, you finished with me or something? I mean, what am I missing? I, I, I mean, come on. Can we have conversations here? I don't mess around, man. I don't want God going silent on me. I get a little edgy when he goes silent on me. And so we can't allow our past to start telling us it's better than what's going on in our life now. The children of Israel made that, that mistake. I'm hungry. Listen to me. If God brought you out of slavery and sin the way that he did, why are you panicking about some food? Just think about that for a second. God led them out of Israel, out of the hand of Pharaoh that didn't want to let him go. Parted the Red Sea. Still, we don't understand how that works. Red Sea. Everything go through. We talking about millions go through. And then when they got on the other side and Pharaoh kept coming, the Lord just mm, shut the river back up and all of them just drowned and got destroyed. If the Lord is powerful to do that, why can't he feed me? Why am I panicking? Why am I getting all crazy and thinking, oh, what, what, what have you done to us, Lord? You brought us into the church to mess our life up. What am I thinking when he delivered me? So put it into your circumstance. If God save us, what can he do for us? 
He is not a savior and not a provider. God saved us and he is providing for us. Don't you ever start thinking that God can't do what you need. No. Let me tell you something. The greatest miracle still today is somebody being delivered from slavery and sin and being saved unto eternal life. The miracles of just healing people, the miracles of the Red Sea, none of that is more important than God saving us. None of it is more important. That's the greatest miracle. Him leading you out of, trust me, God is so specific. The children of Israel was in slavery and sin. That's what Israel what was going on in Israel in Egypt. They were in slavery and sin, and they had taskmasters over them. Can I give you a revelation? That's how God see our world today. If we're not living for God, you are in slavery and you are in sin. And you have taskmasters over you. How many times I had to tell you before I started living for God? I drank all week long. And I just wanted to chill one day of drinking. Ah, I ain't drinking today. And as soon as I hear, yeah, we rolling. What we get a case of? But I already told myself, man, I can't, I can't drink the whole week. I got, let me just take a one day off. Let me just chill today. And as soon as somebody came and knocked on my window, we started play, talk, play, playing in the, you know, a case. Let's go get a case. And so we're going to get a case, get two more people, and we're going to chill and drink. But I thought I said I wasn't going to drink because I was a slave to it. I was a slave to drinking. I was a slave to partying. I was a slave to the things of this world. And the, and the devices were our taskmaster. And all what we were doing was sin. So it's no different today than what happened back then in Egypt. It might have been physical people, but today our taskmaster is the things that have us captive. Our slavery is this world, how it have us captive. And sin is always going to be sin, which is disobeying God. That was the children of Israel, and God was showing us something. He brought them out of that sin, bondage that they were in. If we're not living for God, we are no different than the children of Israel. Of Israel when they were in Egypt. Somebody needs to say, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I was there. I just told you I was there. And maybe you wasn't worldly like me, but you got something going on. Don't act like, you know, you know, let's get out of this. You can categorize your little situation like it's not that bad. To who is not that bad? You? See what I mean? Independent, independent, always think you got it under control. No, to God, it's the same thing. So if you're not living for God, you are just like the children of Israel. You are in slavery and you are living in sin and God is wanting to get you out. But until you are ready to come out, you're going to be there and be there and be there. If you want to get out, God is ready to get you out. He'll get you out if you're ready to get out. But if you just want to stay there, it's going to be tough for God to get you out. So don't you let what challenges you in the church when you start living for God get you all riled up and you start thinking that you can't do uh, this is too much and, you know, this is not worth it. And life was better. It's not better. Life can never be better without God. Amen. That that's that's impossible. And so. God wants us to depend on him. Amen? God wants us to depend on him. To depend on God means to rely on him. To place complete trust in him. To look to him for support and for provision. The only way... To be saved and stay saved is to depend on God. The reason why we save for a month and then the fifth week we're not saved, because for that month we depended on God. And then that fifth week we started depending, we go back to that thing, independence. 
If you, if, if you don't depend on God, you become an independent soul. And being independent will always lead you back into slavery and sin. Somebody getting this today? God is trying to reach for us today. And we have to respond to what he is saying to our heart. And we have to try to take it and put it in action. The children of Israel... God saved them from a life of slavery and sin, and they were just looking for excuses to go back. If you're in the church, stay in the church. Don't look for no excuse to leave the church. Stop saying who ain't right and that ain't right. Get it right in your own life and stop worrying about you and your stuff and All you're worrying about is your independence. All you're worrying about is your selfishness. All you're worrying about is doing your thing. And God is telling us, if you keep doing your thing, you will not be saved. If you keep doing your thing, you will continue forever being slavery and sin. You have to make a decision to start depending on Jesus. We have to get in our heart and in our mind, if he's able to save us, He's able to keep us. Not long after the children of Israel was delivered, they started complaining. They were hungry. We need to eat. And as you know, God sent them manna from heaven and quail. He allowed to crawl up on their grass and they were able to get it and cook the quail and all that stuff. But let me tell you how good God is. When they got hungry, they were disrespectful to God. They were. They got hungry and they started murmuring and complaining to Moses. What's up with the food? (laughs) Let's go into today's terminology, right? What's up with the food? How in the world are we going to get up here in the wilderness and there's no food? This is, this, you got to be kidding me. We should already have a buffet. What's up with the food? And so they start complaining and giving Moses a hard time. And poor old Moses, the pastor, poor old Moses don't know what to do. Like, Lord, what are you doing? They're complaining to me. And so God said, don't worry, Moses. I'm going to send down bread from heaven. I'm going to get them quail so they can eat. And so bread came. And but, but what I'm saying is God didn't have to do that because they didn't seek him the right way. They didn't respond to God the way they need to respond. Listen, when you go into the king's castle, you have to respond to it. You have to go in a certain way. You have to deal with the king a certain way. You can't just talk to him any kind of way. When they go to, to the White House, I don't care who the president is, they have to deal with that president a certain kind of way. If not, you get handcuffed and taken out of here. So why should we talk to the king of kings any kind of way? Why should we disrespect God and say, where the food at? But nevertheless, because God knows he's responsible for us, he still takes care of us. This is how good our God is. He says, you know what, you disrespectful, rebellious, whatever, child. But anyway, I'm going to take care of you because that's my responsibility. Brothers, as fathers and husbands, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what's going on. Our responsibility is to take care of our children, take care of our family, take care of our home. And it doesn't matter how they act. That's, that, the way they act has nothing to do with what we're responsible to do. Amen. Right? So we do what we're responsible to do. Same thing with mothers and wives. Whatever you're supposed to do, you do. You can't worry about what the other person didn't do. Because God taught us that whatever our responsibility is, we need to do what we're supposed to do. And so he provided, he provided food for them, even though they didn't approach him the way they should have approached him. But God is merciful and God is good. Don't, let's, let me say this. Let's not be unappreciative to God. This is why praise is always uh, at, at, at a premium. We need to praise God every time we can. We need to show appreciation. Even if I'm not preaching real good and I'm not saying all the right things that make you happy, you need to say, God, no matter what, I appreciate you. God, no matter what, I thank you. God, no matter what, I love you. Because, Lord, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be in my right mind. I could have been dead and in my grave. No, not in my grave. In hell because I would have died in my sins. And so I appreciate you. And even though I sometimes I feel like I don't have all that I want. I appreciate you. 
You're not always going to have everything you think you should have, but you need to appreciate God. Instead of the children of Israel say to God, you know what, Lord, if I got to go hungry for a few days, it's better than being in slavery and better than being in sin. So if I got to starve for a little bit, it's okay. I know it's going to be all right. I'm not going to pressure you, Lord. I'm not going to give you a hard time, but I'm going to be appreciative because of what you've done. Everybody in this world should be able to appreciate God for some of the things he has done for you. We all should be able to say, God, I I thank you. Even if you're somebody that's not living for God, but now that I've explained to you, he has placed his hand between you and the devil, and so he is blocking your destruction. You need to appreciate him for that. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, I know you're good to us. You're so good to us. You're so good to us. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 23 says, verse 22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions with an S, they fail not. Because God loved for you, his compassion towards you, because of those things, God has been merciful to us. We don't deserve some of the things we've already experienced and taking things for granted and just thinking that, oh, this is just the way it is. No, it is God's mercy that we've experienced. It's God's goodness we've experienced. And we didn't deserve those experiences, but God has shown his goodness towards us. And then verse 23 says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It means every day you wake up, God gives you new mercy. Every day you wake up, God gives you new grace. Every day you wake up, God show you more love. Every day you wake up, God is doing something for you that is brand new, that is fresh, that is great. We need to say, God, I thank you every day I wake up. Great is thy faithfulness because your mercies are new every day. Your love is fresh every day. You are God. Every day is giving us something new. Every day. Every day. He don't give you for today and then say that need to hold you over for next week. No. God's mercy and God's love and God's grace. It is fresh and new every day. This is why we need to praise him. This is why we need to worship him. I don't care which, forget about who knows how to worship. Just be in appreciation. You know how to appreciate, don't you? Oh God, I appreciate you. God, you are kind and you're wonderful. I don't understand everything about you, but for the things that I know has happened in my life, if it wasn't for you, where would I be? I know you have a plan for my life. I remember when I almost died. I remember God, I could have been killed. I could have been destroyed. I remember, Lord, that death was right at my door. I had no idea it was you. I had no understanding it was you. But today, I know now, it was the goodness of God. It was the mercy of God. Why I did not die. Why I did not leave this place and went to hell. It was the grace of God. It was the goodness of God. Everybody in here, you don't understand. Uh, there was many times, or even one or two times, uh, where you come came this close to death. And you didn't know you almost died. Oh, God is trying to talk to somebody here. He's telling me, I've saved you. I've kept you. I've preserved you. I have protected you. I've shown you my grace. I've shown you my mercy. What more do you want me to do? What more do you want me to do? Oh, my God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What more do you want God to do? Will you take a step forward? Will you begin to say, God, I know you have done it. And it's now time for me to respond. It's time for me to depend on you. It's time for me to stop being independent. It's time for me to stop doing my own thing and depend on you, Jesus. I'm finishing right here. When God delivered you out of slavery, 
and sin. He wants you to surrender your life to Him and completely depend on Him. If you don't, uh, He will test you. This is, this is it. This is where I'm at. I'm closing right here. When God deliver you and save you, you're glad to be saved and you dance and sing like they did. Oh, I'm saved. But there's two things God is going to need from you. He's going to need your heart to get right because while you were in sin, your mind got warped. You know how I know? Because the children of Israel were saying, send us back to Egypt. Their minds was warped. They were stupid. So when we're in sin, our minds get warped. And so God, when he brings us out, he has to cleanse us and purge us and and create in us a clean heart and all that stuff and renewing us a right spirit. He has to do all of that. And then he has to get us to understand humility. Those are the two things God will, will, will make sure he does in our life when he brings us out. And that's why sometimes some of us don't... Uh, continue on the journey because in those two process you get tripped up. So when God brings you out, what he does now, he says, now you need to understand what's in your heart and you need to realize you got to get your heart right. And so he will do some things to test you. God don't tempt you. God tests you. And God don't test you because he don't know. God knows everything. He tests you so you know. When he said, Adam, where art thou? He didn't ask Adam for where he is because he didn't know. God knows everything. He sees everything. So when God tests you, it's for you to understand your position in God. He wants you to not be ignorant of where you are in God. So he will test you. So he tests the children of Israel. When he went, hmm, God help us. When he withhold the food and didn't give it to them right away, it was a test. Yes, they didn't get a buffet right away. God is not trying to raise spoiled children. He's trying to raise children that will be strong, children that will be responsible, children that will depend on him. That's what he's trying. He's not trying to raise children that's just going to be brats. And so he said, let me hold on to some of this food right now and see what they do. He wanted them to do what I said. God... We appreciate what you've done for us. We could never repay you for this. We're a little hungry right now. And so, you know, whatever you, you know, whenever you get around to it, we'll appreciate some bread and some meat. But God, take your time because what you have done, it is so amazing and so wonderful and so just, just awesome that, hey, if that's all you ever do for us, we can live with this. Just, just, you know, do you need us to go out and get some food? I mean, God, it's okay. Whatever you need. we're just thankful of what you did for us and that's what their heart should have said but their heart was so messed up and messy God needed them to know how their heart was a mess and so God withhold the food for a little bit and then they complain and murmur and act like little brats and he said that's what's wrong with your heart now you go forward and you'll see in our reading today you, you will have read the ten commandments this is where the Ten Commandments came in. We wondered, well, well, because we was a mess. And so when with their warped self and all the mess that they had going on in their life, that's when God now had to start giving them his word so they can begin to get fed and begin to understand and get rehabilitated. Amen. So the bottom line was they complained and complained and complained, but it was God testing their hearts so they can see they were a mess. Amen. Then he made them wander around in the wilderness for a long time. To humble them. So God will test you because he wants your heart to get right. And the second thing he will do, he will cause you pain to humble you. Can I tell you this? We can willingly humble ourselves to God or God will humble us himself. And the way he humbled those uh, Israelites was he made them wander around in the wilderness without having any clothes. He made sure the clothes kept them. But he made them wander for a long time without leading them out. Humbled them. And so, we need to humble ourselves before God. You know you humbled yourself when you praise God, when you worship God. You know you humbled yourself when you begin to give him the adoration and the praise that he deserved. You know you did. And so, God will humble us 
if we don't humble ourselves. And God will allow us to see what's in our heart if our heart is not right. Search me, O Lord. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. And if there be any wicked way in me, lead me to the everlasting. God wants us to examine ourselves every day to make sure evil is not uh, reigning in us. Evil will come out of us. And my last scripture, stand with me. I'm going to share this last scripture with you, and we're out of here. John chapter 6, verse 51. God is so good. Man, you follow this dude, you'll just realize this dude is something else. Look at John chapter 6, verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. I wish I wish I could make you understand it if you don't like I do. Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give. For the life of the world. Now listen to this, how good God is. He always show us the natural before he shows the spiritual. He made sure, I mean, over 4,000 years before he came on the scene, when his children was hungry and they needed food for their, for their body, he rained down bread out of heaven so they can eat. But all along he had on his mind saying... I'm setting them up because I am going to come out of heaven as the real bread of God. Man, God, you don't think God is real? How can he think of these things? How can he just orchestrate these things? And so manna came out of heaven during Moses' time to feed the people. Now, when Jesus came, that's the bread from heaven still. But now, this is God himself saying, I am the bread. And I am the wine. You feast on me now. So, when he says, you eat of my flesh, understand this. He's not talking about his actual flesh. Right? Because how would we today eat his flesh? We couldn't eat his flesh. He's not here. He ascended back to heaven. We can't eat it. It's crazy. But what he's saying is, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So, Jesus Christ is the Word of God. And so what he's saying is, eat the Word now. They ate manner for their body physically and ended up dying. Went into their grave. But my children today, you will not eat my physical body, nor are you, am I worried about you eating the, the body of the quail and the bread. Yes, you're going to eat that for your body to give you strength. But what I'm interested now in you eating is the word of God. The word of God. Give us this day our daily bread. And so now you understand, I didn't say give us today bread, some hard old bread. I didn't say today, give me some beef patties. I don't say today, give me some pizza and some buffalo wings. That's not what we're talking about today. When I say, give me this day my daily bread, I'm saying, God, give me the word. For thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I need the word of God just like the body needs food to sustain itself. We need the word of God in our soul to sustain us spiritually. And so today I want you to understand this. If you're going to live, you're going to have to live on the word of God if you want eternal life. Matthew 4 and 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone. He says you shall not live by peach alone. You should not live by just eating some good rice. You should not just live by eating some steak and some seafood. He says, but you need to live by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. He said it in Deuteronomy and he said it in Matthew. If we don't eat the word of God, we are bound for destination of eternal damnation. It's only by eating the word and the word becoming part of us that we can ever have eternal life. Oh, God says in the beginning 
it was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God and His Word has become one. God and His Word is one. And what He's trying to do is for you and His Word to become if you eat that word, you and God will become one. And now you don't have to worry about anything because you and God is one. You and God are walking together. You and God are together when you eat that word. Somebody needs to worship the Lord this morning. Give us this day. Our daily bread. Can I tell you something? When you get hurt, when you are frustrated, when things are not working, give me this day my daily bread. Because if the bread of life is in me, I will always have an answer. I will always know how to respond. I will always know what to do. Because me and the word is now one. Give us this day our daily bread. Somebody hear me today we have to take the word of God and we have to begin to eat it and digest it and let it become one with us we need to live out the word of God we can't just quote scriptures we can't just say things we have to live out the word of God somebody begin to worship the Lord just begin to worship the Lord God wants to save you. God wants to bring you out of slavery and sin. But until you realize that you need God to bring you out, until you realize that when you come out, you're going to have to depend on Jesus. God will leave you where you are until you make a decision that God, if you bring me out, I will depend on you. If you bring me out, I will rely on you. If you bring me out, I will trust you. Uh, if you bring me out, uh, I will look to you for everything. Uh, somebody God wants to bring you out of your situation uh, but he wants to know uh, will you trust him? Uh, will you depend on him? Uh, will you rely on him uh, if he brings you out? Uh, if he brings you out, uh, God is still delivering. Uh, God is still saving. Uh, God is still healing. Uh, God is still providing uh, but he wants us to depend on him. Uh, we can be independent of God and still receive the benefits of God. God is here today to speak to your heart. God is here today to speak to your mind. Will you trust Him? Will you depend on Him? He wants to bring you out. He wants to sustain you. He wants to save you. He wants to keep you. He don't want you to just be hanging on. He just don't want you to be living by grace hoping one day you will come out of your circumstance. Hoping one day you'll come out of your situation uh, but he wants you uh, today today uh, to make decision to follow him uh, and he will lead you in the path of righteousness uh, he will lead you in the path of righteousness uh, the bible the, 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 the man of God David says the Lord uh, is my shepherd uh, I shall not want uh, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures uh, he leadeth me beside the still waters uh, he Restore it, my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Death is only a shadow. Death wants to come upon you. Death wants to overtake you. But God says, no, no, no. I am the shepherd that leads you. He says, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Uh, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Uh, thou preparest the table before me uh, in the presence of my enemy. Uh, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When you allow God to lead you out of slavery and sin, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life.
When you allow the Lord to lead you out of slavery and sin, he will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. When you allow the Lord to lead you out of slavery and sin, oh, you will be by the rivers of living water. Everything will be living. Everything will be fresh. Everything will be provided for you when you allow the Lord to lead you out of slavery and sin, Father. Father, today I pray for each and every person in this congregation that, Lord, today you will wake them up, Lord God. That today, Lord God, there will be an awakening. That it will never, they will never be the same again. Let there be an awakening. Oh, God, a stirring, Lord God. Let there be, Lord God, oh, God, a word that they have heard that you will use to continue to stir them, continue to move in their heart and in their mind. I pray that lives will be changed today, never to be the same again. Uh, that no person will walk out of here the same way they walked in. Uh, but God, I pray uh, a touch from you. Uh, I pray the power of God will overshadow. Uh, that the word of God will be imparted in their heart uh, and they will never be the same again. Uh, I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I feel the power of God. Uh, Oh, God, from the top of her head to the sole of her feet, I pray, Lord God, that you will heal her so good that, Lord, her sickness will not even be a thought anymore, that her focus will be on depending on you. Her focus will be, Lord God, walking, oh, God, in the presence of the Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your light shine bright in her, that she may glorify the Father which is in heaven. Oh, God, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way way have your way ila no momo saya laramaha ina nana mo shatalabaha god says depend on him depend on him you have done all that you can do now depend on him what you can't do he will do he says i have kept you and sustained you what you cannot do you have come as far as you can come. Now, let me get involved. Now, let me do what needs to be done. But I need you to depend on Him. He needs you to depend on Him. He needs you to trust Him. He needs you to depend on Him to be totally reliant upon Him. In the name of Jesus. Let me pray for you, my friend. God has come to help you. God has come to help you. Uh, you didn't know which way to go. You were looking for answers. You were looking for answers. Uh, but God says, I love you so much. I prepared a place. I prepared a place just for you, for you to come and receive your answer. I prepared this place. I brought you here so you can hear what I had to say to you. Now know from this day forth that I have chosen you. And I was the one that protected you and kept you. My grace has been in your life for a very long time. And while the enemy could have destroyed you, I stopped him. Because this day, I saw it. This day was already prepared before the foundation of the world. And so I brought you into this day to do a great work in your life. Now I want you to depend on me. I have given you everything that you need. I have placed you in an environment that will be a blessing to you. I have given you all the vessels and instruments that you can depend on. I will be your God. And my people will be your people. Now trust in me and be totally dependent upon me. And I will keep you. And I will cause you to walk in victory. And I will show you where I brought you from and how I brought you through. You don't understand what I've done. But I will show you when you trust me, when you depend on me, when you follow me, when you obey me. I will show you what I've brought you out of and where I've brought you from. I am the Lord. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
I command every work of the enemy to flee. Oh, I speak by the authority of the word of God. Satan, she doesn't belong to you. She's a child of God. And this day, God will keep you. Every time the enemy will try to destroy and and distract you, the force of the power of God will drive back your adversary. Oh God, remove out of her life those things that are hindrances to her. Oh God, remove out of her life, Lord God, the things that are blocking her from totally depending on you. Remove, oh God, the, 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 the crutches, Lord God. Remove, Lord God, the things that are hindrances. And I pray that this day forth she will depend on you. God said, don't you trust. Don't you, don't you be afraid. Trust him. Don't you be afraid. I have prayed and some things are going to change in your life. Don't you panic. Don't you worry. It's God moving some things around. It's God changing some things around. He said, trust him and continue to seek him. He said, trust him and rely upon him and depend upon him. He's going to change some things around. He's going to move some things around. But you have to trust him. Don't you panic. Just trust him and obey him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Ah, I feel the power of God. 